is Chris to Chris Comedy Advice to Fix Your Life. I am your host, Chris, joined in the studio today by the one, the only, Mike, who happens to be in the building. He is our audio engineer extraordinaire and also somewhat best friend in the whole wide world. Go ahead and say hi, Michael. <clears throat> yeah, uh, hi. Very enthusiastic, as always. We are also joined by our somewhat new friend, Dell. He's standing over there in the corner, ready to prove that he is a real person at any time. Dell, can you prove to the people that you are a real person? I am definitely a real person in the room. Thank you very much, sir. Now, you guys might know me from YouTube. My name is Chris, as I said. I am on Chris vs. the World as my comedy channel, Laser Lemming as my gaming channel, Uploaded.com as my website that I pay a lot of money for every single year so that I can deliver this podcast to you. Chris to Chris, by the way, you can subscribe to this podcast or you can tell your friends or family or deceased relatives to subscribe to this podcast. We want you guys listening. We want you to review it positively, share it with your friends. We are trying to get 8 billion people listening to this show, and that is a lot of work I have come to realize. So if you could please just let your friends know, we are everywhere podcasts are sold for free, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Podcast Republic, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc., etc., etc. We are there. So we have a great show for y'all. This week, we are going to be talking about... What are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about uh, New Year's resolutions. We're going to review the new Star Wars movie. We're going to we're gonna talk about some holy water. And we're going to answer a massive amount of listener questions. It's going to be fun. They're good questions, by the way. Whew, let me breathe here. Mike, Dell, did you guys have a good Christmas? My wife and I did things uh, a little bit differently this year. We said, look... The baby is coming in a few months. Let's just get a GoPro so that we could record everything and not really do Christmas gifts this year. So on Christmas Eve, we opened up all the gifts we got for each other. We, we just threw that whole thing out the window. Unspoken, we just did it because uh, that's, that's just how things go, right? Mike, you will be happy to know that I am now the proud owner of Pokemon Shield on Nintendo Switch. I'm also the proud owner of the Master Chief Collection on PC, and the proud owner of Star Wars Fallen Jedi Order, whatever it's called, on PlayStation 4, Death Stranding on PlayStation 4, and a million other games in my backlog on the Switch and PS4 and PC that I will never get to. And it's it's tough. It's tough, uh, it's tough living in 2019 in a first world country, I gotta tell you. Anyway, Christmas is over. It's done. It's the past. So that means uh, that this is the last podcast of 2019 from Chris to Chris. And honestly, I'm, I'm kind of choked up about it. You know, I feel like as a professional podcast, we should be making some New Year's resolutions to give our listeners something to look forward to in 2020, right? Some goals, some hashtag goals, if you will. Now, I don't know if this is a good idea or not, but I do feel like it's necessary. And we're going to dive into that. But first... It's just the tip of the week. Here's a tip I learned about 25 years ago or so, give or take. That's, a, that's about a quarter century ago, if you're counting. Once upon a time, I had to sell tickets for a raffle. For, you know, some event at my school. I was very young. I was very young. And I had to sell tickets. You've probably had to do this if you were ever a child growing up in a, in a country. You had to sell tickets for something. Mike, have you ever had to sell anything for school? You know, I remember one time, actually, I remember selling Starburst jelly beans for my school. And that was, I think, around the, the year that they first came out. So they were this new thing. And I liked them. 
I liked them. I'm not a jelly bean fan, but I liked Starburst jelly beans. I got a sugar high on my own supply that year. Anyway, years before Starburst jelly beans were a thing, I was given the task to sell raffle tickets to people for some event in my school. I don't remember what it was, but some event. And the winner of the raffle would get $100. Now, in 1994 dollars, that is approximately $10,000 today, I assume. Now, like I said, I'm seven years old at this point. Six or seven. So who the fuck do I know that can buy raffle tickets? And I remember selling tickets to one person. One person. It was our neighbor. I think his name was Mark. And he had a mustache. And then he later got divorced, I think. Those are all facts that are very important to the story, I'm sure. Anyway, time finally comes. My school holds an event at like a, a local bowling alley, which still exists, by the way. Still around. And when they get to the raffle, the very first name that they pull is my neighbor, Mark, for the ticket that I personally sold him. This guy won $10,994. hundred bucks. And that was more money than I could comprehend at seven years old, right? And the worst thing about it is that I had the ticket right before him. Right before him. So if I had waited, you know, if I had sold Mark this ticket first, and then I had bought my own ticket, I had bought his ticket, quote unquote his ticket, I would have had 10,994 bucks. I wanted a chance to win. And this guy, this guy, my neighbor, he didn't even show up, right? And I don't blame him, you know, looking back at it. I mean, at the time, I was, I was just like incredulous about it. Like, whoa, this guy just won $100 and he's not even here to collect. But, you know, looking back at it, of course, you're like, you don't think you're going to win that shit. You're just trying to be nice. Buck, sure. Here you go, kid. Here you go. And then later, I'm hand-delivering this fool $100. So this week's tip of the week is to always buy two tickets. It could be raffle tickets. It could be lottery tickets. It could be get-out-of-jail-free cards. Just buy two. Buy two. That's the tip. I think it'll pay off. I think it'll pay off. I'm, I'm being serious. Now let's move on to a little thing we like to call Video Game Corner. All right, let's see here. Video games, video games, video games. Perfect. All right, nothing happened this week in the world of video games except that, like I said, I have more of them than I have ever had before, which is a good problem to have, I guess. Now, like I said, I, I do have the new Pocket Monster game on Switch. I also got uh, Death Stranding and Star Wars and Halo and blah, blah, blah. Great stuff, right? Great stuff. What a wonderful Christmas. What a wonderful Christmas, full of games I can't play right now. But unfortunately, me getting those games was the only thing that happened in the video game industry this week. That's the only thing. You could look it up. You could just type, what happened with video games in the week of December 23rd, 2019, right? What happened? What happened? And it's going to say, Chris got some new games. That's it. That's all it's going to say. That's all it's going to say. So... Instead, we're going to be talking about that new Star Wars movie that just came out. We're not going to spoil it. Don't worry. We're not going to spoil it. But we are going to give our review of it. Our spoiler-free review. Even though I have a feeling that most of the people that listen to this show have probably seen the movie, I'm just not going to assume, right? I don't want to be that guy. 
So last week we mentioned that the movie was sitting at like 57% fresh ratings on Rotten Tomatoes, right? Not good news. Not good news. However, the good news is that it is no longer at 57% fresh. It is now at 55% fresh. That's the bad news. But Rotten Tomatoes has two scores, critics and audiences, and they're often very different. So critics do not like this movie. This movie was not made for critics, apparently. And it's very funny the way that whole thing turned out, because The Last Jedi, which is the movie that came out right before it, critics liked it. They gave that movie like a 93% fresh score, and the audiences were the ones that didn't like it. This movie, Episode Nine. Rise of the Lucas Skywalker. That movie is sitting at 50, what did I say, 55% fresh on critic score and like 86% fresh with audiences. So this is a movie made for the fans, the audiences, right? Now I'm going to give my review. First of all, this is the most violent Star Wars movie ever made. That is not even contestable in my opinion in my humble completely accurate opinion this is the most violent star wars movie ever all praise disney for their bravery to show decapitating heads and dismemberment but drawing the line at somebody smoking anything disney does not fuck around with smoking But they will show all kinds of violence. So all praise Bob Iger and Walt Disney's ghost. Man, I have a real beef with Disney I need to talk to a therapist about. Anyway, my point is that this movie is not afraid to fuck somebody up. And it does, many times. Somebody is killed approximately every 36 seconds in this movie. Roughly speaking. There's somebody just gruesomely murdered. And because it's Disney, because it's the MPAA, and because things are all wonky, you know, whatever, PG-13, that's fine. We we like Bob. We like Bob Iger. We like uh, Ray and Kylo Ren. Now, one of my criticisms of the last movie, The Last Jedi, was that the director, Ryan Johnson, he went out of his way to really fuck with the plot trajectory of Episode 7. And to be fair, that movie was pretty much a carbon copy, almost of the original Star Wars movie, Episode Four, A New Hope. So this movie tries to go the other way. This, it goes the other way. Ryan Johnson is like, look, I want to I change things up. I want to change things up. I don't care about your arc. I don't care about your plans. I want to change things up. And he did, for better or for worse. Where, wherever you fall on that spectrum, he took some leaps. And so Episode Nine which was, like I said, Last Jedi was not popular with Star Wars fans, Episode Nine tries to, quote-unquote, course-correct. And it, it tries to undo a lot of the things that Ryan Johnson did. So I remember watching The Last Jedi in theaters, and when Kylo starts smashing his wannabe Vader mask into, like, rubble, he's just, like, pounding that thing away, disfiguring it, right? I could hear the weeping cries and gnashing of teeth of toy makers and and Disney marketing executives just screaming out in pain. No! How am I going to sell Kylo Ren masks now? Because if you've seen The Last Jedi, Kylo Ren, he's just this dude with long hair and a deep voice. But, you know, episode 9, he's got his helmet back. 
He's got his helmet back. Gotta sell them helmets. Now they can sell brand new helmets with with red markings, with red scratches or, or weld marks all throughout. Brand new helmets. Hey, yo, that's Kylo Ren mask damaged version. They could sell them again. They, they found a way. They found a way to spin it. So good for you, Disney. You finally found a way to make money. And that, 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 that's not a spoiler, by the way, before I get any shit for it. It's in literally every single trailer and poster for this movie. Kylo Ren has his mask back. Okay. Point is, do not try to think too much about the plot of this movie because Disney did not. Disney didn't. They didn't care that much, so neither should you. And that's not to say it's bad. It's not bad. It's just kind of dumb sometimes, right? It's just kind of dumb sometimes. It does the thing that movies do where, you know, a bunch of shit just kind of lines up perfectly. But if you were actually to question any of it, it kind of just falls apart. Like, I don't really want to talk about that part where they have that compass-like object and just kind of like, oh, that, that, that perfectly aligns. <sighs> I'm sounding like a prick here. I, I could tell. I'm sounding a little bit like a prick, but these are kind of things that you should think about a little bit more. Bob. JJ, and I don't perp- I don't really blame JJ too much. He's kind of in a tough spot here. He kind of had to try to appease people who liked the Last Jedi and appease people who hated the Last Jedi. So he kind of did a uh, he he kind of landed in a spot where he he couldn't do either. So you know, sorry, boot, boot. I was trying to say dude and boo at the same time. I don't know why I'm calling JJ boo, but sorry, JJ. Where are we going with this? <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> okay. Like the last two movies that came out, they, they go wild with the Force in Episode Nine. They go wild. They just keep cranking up what the Force can actually do. And I, I don't really have a problem with it. They say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. The Force can totally turn water into wine now. It always could. We just never hinted at it at all. But it could do that. But like I said, I kind of like it. I kind of like it. You know, just go nuts with it. They're going to be making these movies forever. Understand that now. These movies are not just made for you. These movies are going to be made when your grandchildren, when your great-grandchildren are alive. So long as planet Earth still exists, they're still going to be making Star Wars movies. So understand that. You know, they're going to have to go somewhere with this. So go freaking nuts. Just make the Force do whatever the hell you want it to do. Because Disney clearly is with these movies. Another thing that I thought was interesting was that they go for a horror vibe. A horror vibe. Like scary movie kind of vibe. In at least 10% of this movie. Maybe more. But for at least a tenth of this movie, they're straight up going for horror. And that's with anything Emperor Palpatine related. Again, that's not a spoiler. If you've seen a damn trailer, and if you haven't seen a trailer and you're listening to this podcast, I sincerely apologize. I know that as one of our 8 billion listeners, you take this show seriously. So I'm sorry. I did not mean to hurt you in that way. (sighs) Okay. Overall, I think that this movie is definitely flawed and it's kind of dumb, but it's also kind of good. There is a surprise or two in there, which was cool. I'm not sure that that's enough, but it was cool. Until uh, Disney is willing to allow any Star Wars character to smoke, 
They could be a bad guy. I don't care. They could say they can they can inhale the longest drag of something. Re- remember, I'm not a smoker, but I want Star Wars characters to be able to smoke again. I want them I want some Star Wars character to just take a tiniest little puff of something and say <coughs> Remember kids, smoking is bad. Just to be able to do it. But the fact that you can't do that in Star Wars Episode Nine, you can't do that in uh, Boba Fett's Accordion, you can't do that in anything Star Wars related or anything Disney related, period, infuriates me. It infuriates me. This is the decimation of art to me. Remember, I don't smoke, but I want the depiction of smoking to be permitted, Iger. Motherfucker. Anyway... Until that happens, I'm not going to rest. I'm not going to rest. I want you to go see this movie if you haven't, but please remember that nobody is allowed to smoke for some stupid-ass reason. That's it. That's it. That's my review of uh, Star Wars Episode Nine: Rise of George Lucas's Skywalker. Let's get back to the show. Let's get back to the, the New Year's resolutions that we're supposed to be going over. Now, historically speaking, I'm not a fan of New Year's resolutions. I think we can make it work on this show, though, right? Now, if I worked in marketing for Best Buy or a company like that, I would pitch it as, hey, make sure your 2020 resolutions are in 4K. Get your Ultra HD TV on sale before the Super Bowl. I thought that was pretty good. Mike, you think that was good? Get your New Year's resolutions in 4K, resolution 4K. I think that was clever. It's probably been done before, but I thought it was pretty good. But I don't work for Best Buy. So I need to come up with some real resolutions for this show, Chris to Chris. And I came up with a couple. And by a couple, I mean literally a couple, too. First is get more listeners. You know, we talk a lot about getting 8 billion listeners on this show. But you know what they say, you know? The first billion is always the toughest. I don't even think Joe Rogan has got a billion listeners yet, right? He maybe has a couple million, 10 million. I don't know. What is uh, PewDiePie on YouTube, Abby? He, he, he's a... He's a pretty popular guy from what I can tell. I think he's the number one YouTuber. Well, let's let's look that up. What is what does PewDiePie have? Google.com PewDiePie sub sub count. There it is. He has oh my gosh, what is it? Uh roughly oh shoot. Wow. Uh hundred million subscribers. So that guy's pretty popular. So if he doesn't even have a billion yet, I don't feel that quite that bad, but I feel like I should. I feel like I should have higher standards than a guy who talks all funny. Second resolution I have so far is get Dell to talk more. Dell. Dell. I I, I don't think uh, I tell you enough, but our listeners seem to, to really like you, dude. A lot more than this guy, Mike, at least. So in 2020, I hope to uh, break down your wall a little bit. I want to get you to talk more, dude. Anyway, guys, we'll get back to this in a little bit. But first... Let's move on to the news. Here's a story from one of our top listeners, Devin. I thought this was pretty great, so I wanted to share it with everybody. This is from NPR. So you know it's legit. A Roman Catholic church in Louisiana has taken it upon themselves to bless their town in a big way. In a bigly way. They're Catholics, uh, so they do a lot of things that most other Christians don't do, like mess with holy water. Now, if you've seen The Exorcist, 
famous Christian movie. If you've seen The Exorcist, then you know that holy water is good to help get a, a demon out of your daughter. But it's also good for just general blessings, right? Now, I am not a Catholic, but everything I know about Catholicism sounds exhausting. It just sounds like so many different, uh, not necessarily chores, but uh, practices and traditions and and uh, chores. Anyway, this Catholic church in Louisiana, they wanted to, quote-unquote, bless more people in a shorter amount of time. That's according to uh, Reverend Barzar of the St. Anne Church in Cow Island, Louisiana. Mike, Mike, have you ever heard of Cow Island, Louisiana? No. Well, uh, this Catholic church, they got their hands on a crop-dusting plane, and a bunch of members brought in water. They brought in up to about 100 gallons of water that they wanted to be blessed. So I didn't really, I forgot about this. Holy water could just be any water that turns into holy water after a, not a, an, because we speak English properly on Christa Chris, after an ordained pastor, priest, what are they, Jesus, this this is hard, priest, Catholics are priest, Protestants are pastors. We got this. So after an ordained priest blesses the water, it becomes holy. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy, right? I think that's the second time we said that in two episodes in a row, first for this show. Whew. So they brought in about 100 gallons of water to, to take on this plane. The priest blesses it. He converts it into holy water. Bada bing, bada boom, you're good to go, right? So the good reverend blessed the water. They loaded it into the crop duster, and then they, they let it fly, right? It started raining holy water all over the local grocery stores, the schools, the churches, etc. Now, personally, it kind of seems like spraying holy water over some of these areas is redundant, right? Like, I don't, I don't know if churches are the best place to, to spray your holy water. Like, wow, you just got out of church and now you're getting sprayed by, by a plain water. A plain water. A plains water. I'm really getting hung up on the the, the grammatical uh, errors in this episode. I think you get the idea. My point is that if you're already going to church, maybe you don't need the holy water sprayed on you. Maybe you do, but you know, maybe you'll get it if you go to that grocery store. Or maybe they could have sprayed the holy water over the uh, the the crack house. That seems like a, a better place. Maybe I don't know. They might need more water. But apparently they thought that as well, because next year the church hopes to do this again. And they want to increase their holy water output from 100 gallons to 300 gallons, which is apparently the maximum amount they could put in that crop duster. So uh, that's our news for the week. I hope you guys enjoy that. Let's move on. Okay, so so what's next for Chris to Chris in 2020? That's the question that's probably been uh, ringing in your head the whole time I've been talking, right? I'm sure it has. Well... My son is supposed to be born in the first quarter of 2020, either late March, early April, which is definitely going to free up a lot of time for us as a show because everybody knows as soon as you have a child, especially your first child, your, your free time increases exponentially, right? Even though everybody keeps telling me the opposite. Everybody keeps saying, look, you need to get your sleep in now, buddy, because once he's born, you'll never sleep again, you sons of bitches. I don't know why you keep saying that to me. 
I don't know why, why, why these people think that they have a better idea of what it's like to be a parent than me just because they had kids way before me. You know, just because they know what they're talking about. So we're going to add a couple things to our New Year's resolutions. First being, get at least five hours of sleep, which is apparently what I average right now. So we're, we want to do that. We want to keep getting that sleep. Second thing is that we want to finish our super secret big giant project that we've been working on. And we want to get that done in 2020. And we're going to talk about that more next year. I'm going to officially say that, even though I'm being vague still. I'm officially going to put that out in the air so that I am forced to do it. 2020, we're going to talk about our big super secret project. Hopefully, hopefully have it out in the air by then. That's the plan. And I think we're going to be fine next year. But I guess we'll see. You know, in the meantime, Del, go ahead and tell them what time it is. Chris to Chris presents Listen Question Time. Thank you, Del. It is Listener Question Time. And boy, oh boy, oh boy, do we have some wonderful questions from some of our top listeners. First question comes from Yuli. Yuli asks, is Mike secretly one of Santa's elves? <laughs> Yuli, I think that would require Mike to be likable in some capacity. However... I am very interested in throwing Mike on a shelf somewhere and just forgetting about him. So thanks for the suggestion, Yilly. We will look into that. Ken asks, what is Dell's favorite color? Great question. Dell, I feel like we know so much about you and so little at the same time. Dell, what is your favorite color? Chris to Chris. Subscribe already. Add us. Add us to your favorites. Add us to your favorites. Add us to your favorites. And keep your browser locked. Keep your browser locked. Yeah. yeah. Chris to Chris. 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 <laughs> Fantastic answer, Dell. Thank you very much. Devin asks, what is Lenovo's favorite color? Devin, I'm embarrassed to say how long. It took me to understand the joke in your question. And I'm not going to explain it to anybody. I'm just very slow and stupid. But we're going to answer it straight. Lenovo's favorite color is Winnie the Pooh yellow. And that's because they are a Chinese company and they are not allowed to like Winnie the Pooh. Great question, Devin. Yilly asks, can you name all of Santa's reindeer? Well, let's see. There's Dasher and Dancer and Comet and Blitzkrieg and Tonio, Romeo and always Paul Feig. But do I recall the most famous reindeer of all? My other Rudolph reindeer had a very shiny nose And if you ever saw it You would even say it glows like a millionaire Alright, I think you get the idea And I think I named them all perfectly Thank you very much for the question, Yilly Maya the Rudolph reindeer is, of course, the uh, most famous reindeer of all Ken asks Can Santa's reindeer all name you? And it's a great question, Ken. And I could tell you with 100% certainty that they cannot. See, we have strived to get 8 billion people listening to this show. But we have been foolishly ignoring the hundreds of billions of potential animal listeners of this show as well. 
So no, Santa's reindeer cannot all name me. But I take responsibility for that. It's my fault. We have done a terrible job at reaching out to the non-human listeners of this show. So I personally encourage all of you to share this show with your pets and your friends' pets and your friends' friends' pets as well, right? I want you to talk about this show to whatever strange animal you ever meet. You see a coyote walking across the street? Talk to him about Chris to Chris, possum, whatever, raccoon. Talk to him about this podcast. I would appreciate it very much. Devin asks, can all of Jesus' disciples name you as well? Well, I certainly hope so, but again, I think we might have dropped the ball here. Now, not only have we failed to market this show to pets, but we've also failed to market it to dead people. Again, that's on me. So if you think that your dead relatives might have been interested in this podcast, Chris to Chris, please let them know about it, you know? Whatever whatever it takes. You can you can walk to to the, your your uh, dead uncle's grave and say, "Hey, hey uncle, hope everything's going good. Here's some flowers by the way. There's this podcast you might be interested in called Chris to Chris, comedy podcast to fix your life or I guess fix your death." Can we fix their death? Mike, can you look into that? No. All right. Well, we want to do it all for you. So we we, we want to get in on uh, this uh, dead relative. And they don't even have to be a relative, you know? It could be a dead person you know in general. Just tell everybody about this show. That's the point. It might help us get to 8 billion listeners quicker. So let's look into that. Yilly asks, can you tell Devin I said, yuck, happy holidays? Yilly, I think I can do that. Let me uh, <clears throat> clear my throat here. Devin, are you listening? If you are, uh, this is for you from Yuli. <laughs> Yuck! Happy holidays! I don't think I really sounded like uh, Goofy. I think I could do the... Yuck! <laughs> Yuck! I think I could do that. Uh, decently. But I'm not sure if I could do Goofy in general. But my ears might not be long enough to be uh, a Goofy... Anyway, I hope uh, that Happy Holidays was uh, sufficient. Ken asks, how old is too old? That is a great question, Ken. I would imagine that by the time you hit uh, 105, you're pretty much over it, right? By that point, you've seen history repeat itself to death, literally. Oh, look! This politician is bullshitting the same way that they did over 60 years ago. Wow. Now, I think that once you've hit 100, it's a pretty cool novelty. You know, you're in the triple digits. All your friends are dead. You probably get mentioned in a couple news stories every single year. But by the time you hit 101, you could just feel that your family is looking at their watch every time they look at you. You know, they they come to visit you, they look at you, they're looking at their Apple Watch, their Samsung Watch, their Rolex, their their uh, cheap-ass watch, whatever it is, their phone, because they don't even have a watch, like most people in 2020, 2019, 20-whatever you die. Most people don't have a phone by then. They're just looking at you, looking at the time, trying to get that time of death accurate, and you're still kicking. You're still kicking, like, really? 
You still want to live? All right. Okay, bro. And then, you know, 103 comes, 104. You start looking at that watch too, like, wow. I guess I'm still doing this. I guess I'm still alive. You know? Every day, you would be wondering when your heart is going to explode or when uh, a bus is going to hit you. You know, if I was 104 years old, I would just expect a bus to come crashing through my house at any second. Because your time is coming. That's how people win the lotto. How many people win uh, Publishers Clearinghouse or, or the lottery and they live in Florida? There are some old-ass person or couple in Florida. It's because their time has come. Statistically speaking, they've been playing for so long, it was bound to be them. So, statistically speaking, if you're 104 years old, I expect a bus to come crashing through your house to run you over. So by the time you hit 105... You're over it. You're over it. You're done. You don't know if the afterlife is real or not, but by then, you don't give a shit. You're like, all right, man, I don't know. I don't know. It could be nothing, but nothing is better than this shit. I don't understand your Snapchats, your uh, TikToks, your Instagrams. I don't care. I don't care. Just let me die. So 105, what did I say? 105, 106, 105. 105, you're over it. Thanks for the question, Ken. Devin asks, how much is too much? I like the theme this week, Devin. Let's see here. How many Land Before Time movies did they make? Oh, 14. 14. Okay, wow. All right, all right. There's your answer, Devin. 14 is too much. You make 14 Land Before Time movies, you've crossed the line. You've crossed the line. So 14 is officially too much. Colos Dolos asks, what was your favorite day in 2019? What day do you think will be your favorite in 2020? All right. Please allow me to get very corny, Mr. Colos. My favorite day in 2019 was listening to my son's heartbeat for the very first time. And I think my favorite day in 2020 will be on his birthday when he's born. I, I honestly cannot wait. I'm very much looking forward to that. Very corny. I understand that. Very corny, but it's true. My, my, uh, these are very significant moments in my life, and there'll be very significant moments in his life, so I'm very much looking forward to it. Now, I think my second favorite day will be when I get to play Half-Life Alex in VR. But it turns out that there is a very good chance that our son is born on the same day this game releases, in which case my second favorite day is on the release of our super secret project because I can't play Half-Life Alex on the day my son is born. I would look like a total jerk if I do that. So I'm not going to do that. Devin asks, do you celebrate Ramadan in PDT or GMT? He's talking about time zones, folks. Now, Devin, I think if you're going to celebrate Ramadan, you've got to do it straight edge, right? you got to do it legit. Now, Bahrain is in the GMT time zone, which means they're about eight hours ahead of us in California. And I looked into it, and it turns out that Ramadan is pretty hardcore. And I knew a little bit of it because I had a roommate who was a uh, Muslim and celebrated it. And I don't know if you, I don't know, do you celebrate Ramadan or you just kind of endure Ramadan? Because it sounds hard. It sounds tough. You know, all day, no food, 
no water, no fun. And I knew that part. I knew that part because of my roommate. But it turns out that you can't even take medicine until the sun goes down. So the way it works, from my understanding, is from uh, sunrise to sundown, no food, no water, and now no medicine. I don't know what that means if you were prescribed medicine during that time of year. You know, like, yo, you got to take this at 12 p.m. You got it. You got to take it. You're like, nope. Ramadan, bitch. So, it, honestly, it kind of makes Protestant Christians look like the Air Force of religions. You know, it's easy mode. It's easy mode. Everybody in the military says, yo, you got to join the Air Force. That's the place to be. So, Protestant Christianity, easier than Ramadan, 100%. What do they have to deal with? Like, they, they deal with, um, what is, uh, when do Catholics fast? Um jeez, oh, uh, it's called it's called Fast Friday. I can't remember the name of it. it. Shows you how good of a Catholic I I never was. Jeez, what is it? Lent, Lent. So Protestants have kind of just adopted Lent for fun, and we'll we'll just say Catholics. Catholics deal with Lent. They don't typically the rules for Lent are yo you don't eat uh, meat. You can only eat fish for forty days. And that sounds like a walk in the park compared to Ramadan, where you can't even take your prescription medicines to save your life until the sun goes down. Thanks for the question, Devin. Ken asks, do you celebrate New Year's on Eastern Standard Time or Pacific Standard Time? Well, we live in California, so we celebrate in PST, Pacific Standard Time, but I like to keep my eye on you East Coasters. I like to know when people are living in the future, right? So I like to see when Japan and China, when they jump into 2020 before me. Now, after we celebrate the balls dropping in California, my wife goes to sleep and I celebrate with Hawaii, which I think they're like two or three hours behind us. And then after that, the whole world goes to sleep and I celebrate a new year of insomnia. Thanks for the question, Ken. Devin asks... Do you have a guest list for Up and Loaded Con 2020 yet? Great question. Now, I think it would be a good idea if I showed up to my own convention. I did create Up and Loaded, so it does seem appropriate. I'm going to look like kind of a dick if I didn't show up to a convention that I was responsible for. Now, if we could get Dell to step away from his corner, I think that would be huge for Up and Loaded Con 2020. He's a, a fan favorite. Much quicker than uh, this other guy, Mike, who I think we can get to come. He might be able to clean up, uh, show people to their chairs, whatever. And of course, we would need to have viewers like you. And you, and you, and you, and you. You guys have helped make this show wonderful. You guys are uh, awesome. And that's why we're still answering questions over 40 minutes in. Thank you very much. Mike, Mike, can you look into booking a large convention center in 2020? Preferably... Not on the day my kid is born. That would be great. Ken asks, what is your favorite New Year's Eve tradition? Ken, I love watching C-list celebrities watching the ball drop on the West Coast. You know, all the big names, they were flown out to New York to celebrate in Times Square. On the West Coast, we Uber over the, the lead singer of Nickelback to do the countdown, something like that. So my wife and I will watch the California ball drop. You know, we'll, we'll kiss, and then she falls asleep, and then I dick around for a few hours. We might play video games, whatever. Happy New Year! 
and then I can't wait to do it again next week because shit. Next week is 2020. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? We started this show in 2018. I'm doing the Home Alone face right now. <laughs> Thanks for the question, Ken. Devin asks, the final question of the week. Devin asks, what is your favorite Chinese New Year's Eve tradition? Very good question. My favorite Chinese New Year's Eve tradition involves Googling what animal we're celebrating that year and then, you know, drawing a, a picture of that animal going to a job he hates. Because America doesn't celebrate Chinese New Year. It can happen on a Tuesday, a Wednesday. You still got to go to work that day. So in January, I think it's the 25th this year, in January, I will be drawing a picture of a pig in a suit because it's the year of the pig in 2020. I'll be drawing a pig of a suit, a pig of a suit, a pig in a suit, and he's going to be eating like bacon or something uh, before he goes to work and just looking sad. Jeez, that's a depressing way to start the year. Maybe we'll figure that out. I was born in the year of the rabbit, by the way. So uh, maybe uh, in the year of the rabbit, we'll do something special. All right, let's wrap this show up. I think it's time. Last week on our Twitter at Uploaded, U-P-N-L-O-A-D-E-D, we asked a, a poll question. We said, what is the best N64 game of all time? And Twitter only gives you so many options, so I apologize if your favorite game wasn't on this list, but you needed to make a choice, all right? If you haven't made a choice yet, you should make the choice to follow us at Uploaded on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. We're there, and we want you to follow us. We want to interact with you. We want you to answer questions. We want to answer your questions. It's going to be great for all of us. So on our Twitter, we asked, what is the best N64 game of all time? 20% of you said it was GoldenEye. I don't blame y'all. That was some multiplayer bliss. Back in the 90s. 20% of you said it was Mario Kart 64. I don't blame you. That was some multiplayer bliss. Back in the 90s. 20% of you said it was The Legend of Zelda. Ocarina of Time. And I don't blame you. That was some single player bliss. Of the 90s. But the surprising. What's the the word for it? Um, uh, Something horse. The. The. not Trojan horse, but it was the uh, something horse. The surprising winner of this poll was that 40% of you said that the best N64 game of all time was Superman 64, which was arguably the worst N64 game of all time. I remember renting it one time, and uh, the beginning of that game, like probably the first 10 hours of trial and error, is you flying through a set of rings foggy rings it's a terrible game and 40 percent of you said it was the best so god bless your hearts you guys can answer our next poll probably on our twitter which is what is your new year's resolution for 2020 don't forget of course to subscribe to chris to chris we're at uh, up and loaded uh on facebook instagram and twitter but of course chris to chris is on anywhere podcasts are sold for free we have a link at the top of our website, uploaded.com. You could share that with people. You can force it upon your friends. I'm not encouraging you to bring a gun or a knife or a weapon when you talk about it with people. But if you do, let them know that it is just a friendly gun, knife, or weapon. And, you know, do what you're going to do. I think I've rambled on too long. This has been a fun episode. I hope you agree. If not, you know, of course, there's the gun, knife, or weapon that is in the back of my pocket. So this has been episode 65 of Chris to Chris. Go ahead and do me a favor, folks. And enjoy your weekend, the last 
of 2019 or else.